Hello and welcome to the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening today. Um, our recording date is roughly the middle of August 2019, right in the middle of salmon season and the upcoming uh, fall season for a number of different species across the nation. And today we've got a very special guest, Anthony Cox of AC Guide Services with us today. Anthony and I have known each other for a number of years and just really been impressed with this gentleman and how he's built his business and, and uh, what he's really done for the for the uh, fishing community and the fisheries. And so anyway, without further ado, Anthony, are you there? I am here, Ted, how are you? I'm doing well, how about you, Ben? Outstanding, outstanding, excited to do this with you, so. Well, this will be fun, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it. Hey, you know, uh, you're, you're based out of, uh, what, Redding, California, roughly, is that right? Correct. Yeah, and, and so you you fish a number of the Northern California fisheries. You've been through some real traumatic times uh, in regards to the last couple of years and in, in fires and that sort of thing. You, you've got some really interesting stories, I'm sure, to tell. But how in the world did you ever start into the the, the business of fishing? What, uh, what, uh, what What's the timeline there? Uh, for me, it's been about 10 years. I'm, I was... I was guiding in the lower delta uh, and the uh, northern in the central uh, lakes down there, like uh, New Maloney's, Don Pedro, uh, yeah. the lower San Joaquin, uh, things like that. I, I mean, I was running a full-time construction business as well, so I was primarily fishing my clients, my construction clients. That's how mm -hmm. I really got into it. I knew it was a goal I really wanted to do and be a full-time or possibly a full-time guide. Um, so. I basically started winding down my construction business and started taking the guiding business a lot more serious, took my business structuring mind and applied yeah. it to what I'm doing today. So yeah, it's kind of how I got started. So, wow, that's cool. So, I mean, in, in, in your growing up years, uh, did you fish as a kid and that sort of thing? Absolutely. A lot of people don't know this about me is I grew up in a little town just north of Redding called Dunsmere, California. So we grew up on the banks of the upper Sacramento River that feeds into Shasta Lake. So my fishing experience and knowledge uh, goes way, way back to growing yeah. up as a kid in that town. So I got to fish those waters when they were really, really prime and untouched. Oh, I'll bet. Uh, you've seen a lot of changes then over the years, haven't you? Oh yeah, mostly regulations and governmental controls and gates and locked access. It's uh, it's a little maddening, but you know yeah. we're, we're working on trying to open those gates up. You know, little little every year. So right. um, the fishing is still this fishing is still really good. I mean, you just mm -hmm. the North State has so much water and so much fishing that I, I just don't think you could get it all on a weekend. So yeah. that's really where it started with me, me and my brother, and motorcycles and. We'd just go find a pond, a puddle, or a river, and we'd be in it. Wow. Oh, that's cool. You know, and a lot of yeah. people don't know how, how how big of a fishery Northern California has and, and really the, re, re, uh, the, the, the resurgence of that fishery has been just amazing. Um, you know, yeah. whether it be the trout fishing around Redding, California, you've got uh, a, a world-class trout fishing now, and, and if... Uh, 
people enjoy, you know, chasing rainbows and that sort of thing. You've got to put that on your list right up there with Alaska and Patagonia and all the other places that have great big fish because you guys have it down there. And then now the, all the salmon that's showing up and you fish, uh, what, stripers and sturgeon and, and all sorts of things. And you just have yeah, to be committed as, as a community for, you know, yeah. building that fishery back up. Yeah, the, the Sacramento River has so many different species in it that you can chase from Redding to the Golden Gate in it, really. I mean, you can navigate that water now since they took the diversion dam down in Red Bluff all the way from downtown Redding to San Francisco Bay. Really? Um, so, yeah, and that allows, that allows those species to move up higher in the chain. So if they don't have a diversion dam to block them, uh, we got Reddings, we got stripers in, in downtown Redding some days, uh, okay. which is really mm -hmm. odd considering the water being as cold as it can be some days. Uh, right. We get stripers, you get the sturgeon, you get, you know, the Sacramento River always has three runs of salmon in it, then you, you know, every single year. So, and the trout fishery, let's not forget mm -hmm. about that trout fishery because it's, it's world class, like you said. In a lot of cases, we have people that are on their way to Alaska or coming back from Alaska will stop and fish Northern California. Mm -hmm. So it's it's got it's got a tremendous amount of assets uh, for people to tap into. Absolutely. And this time of year, the focus is on salmon, is it not? They're starting to show up. Absolutely. Uh, the opener was phenomenal for a lot of guys and not so much for others. But that is very typical up here. We're at, we're at the top of the spawn ladder, Ted. Those fish have to come to us. So, uh -huh. you know, our season opens up August 1st, and guys will pound it out pretty good the first couple of days, do real well, and fish scatter. And, uh, and then it gets tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, <laughs> and, the fishing, the fishing will pick up. How long, Anthony? What's that? And that, that season will last until, what, October, November, something like that? In December. In December, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, December. It yeah. keeps changing. I, I haven't, I haven't really paid attention to it. I, I need to, obviously, but um, it's run. It runs as late as December. So, uh, and and it, like the other Northwest fisheries, um, do you have multiple species of salmon that are running up the Sacramento, or is it pretty much all the uh -huh. kings and that sort of thing? Yeah, we got we got all the kings in there. So, um, mm -hmm. like I said, we got. We got, we got the winter run, the, you know, the spring run, winter run, uh, fall run. Like I said, we got we got three runs of salmon that are consistently in the river, in the system, all the way downtown Redding, all the way up to Keswick Dam. That's where our winter runner collected. And then you got the Coleman Fish Hatchery down there uh, where a lot of guys on opener fish. That yeah. uh, Battle Creek and Sacramento River Convergence right there is a uh -huh. big hole there called the Bard's Hole. And, it's infamous. It always has been, and fish hold there. Big fish hold there. Yeah. And if you're if you're lucky enough, like a lot of folks, uh, when you're in your boat, you're going to have big kings flying out of the water everywhere when they're jumping. Wow. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So what's, what's we want the, them to jump in the boat, Ted? We haven't trained them to jump in the boat yet, but <laughs> there's not as much sport in it, I guess. You know, but uh, no, but it'd be cool. <laughs> it would be cool. It'd be really cool. So what's the what's yep. the big What's the biggest king that you've uh, got into the boat in the last few years? Uh, for me, it's been down in the lower delta system. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really seeking a trophy. I'm looking for fish, right? So okay. our biggest fish down in the lower system has been up to 28 pounds. There obviously are substantially bigger fish in the system. 
But that's mm-hmm. the luck of the draw. That's fishing, man. You yeah, get them, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's and, just uh, that's just the way, that's just the way fishing is, right? Yeah, that is the way fishing is. And there's nothing wrong with a twenty-pound fish, man. I mean, that, that's no. broke in most people's eyes. Especially when you uh, have a rookie on board and he hooks one and he just looks at you like he's going to pass out. That's the best experience right there. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. I, love, I love the wide eyes and and uh, <laughs> you get that, that nine and ten year old kid in there, you know, and, and they hook into something yeah. like that. And you've just uh, you've just converted that young young person to a fisherman for the rest Absolutely. of his life. Absolutely. I, I get this question all the time when they hook up. What do I have? I go a dump truck and it's leaving town. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now you're all you're also known for fishing a lot of kokanee, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Kokanee's been my my uh second love. Uh, I actually originated from uh from Dunsmere. When I when I left Dunsmere I really got into the bass fishing scene and oh, yeah. uh love that being in the delta yeah so we fished a lot of bass tournaments fished a lot of the uh local uh ponds uh, all throughout silicon valley i drive mm-hmm. by them every day some days and i just it just freaks me out that i don't have my pole with me i don't know what's wrong with me but um but yeah it, i got out of bass fishing i said man I've, I've got to widen my my abilities here and i got into kokanee fishing around 2002 about 17 yeah. years ago Wow. And I met a guy at a gas station that was talking about this phenomenal fishery up in New Maloney's, and he was just talking up the storm. So I befriended this guy, and and next thing you know, I was fishing kokanee tournaments and catching these crazy fish all over the uh, central part of the state, and just loved it because it was just it was challenging. Kokanee fishing can be challenging to the extreme, to the point where it drives you mentally crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Just in in what they're biting and and. Uh the conditions and that sort of thing? Is that what you're there's, Yeah, there are so many factors in kokanee fishing that I, you know, when I have people on my boat and they're really trying to pay attention, at the end of the day, they're just like, I don't know if I can do it, man. You just do so much. And really? that's what it takes some days. Some days it can be really easy. Some days it can be a grind. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, everything is a factor. Boat speed, uh, pre- presentation, depth. Uh, which boat speed affects the presentation to your dodger, to the color, to the scent you're using. That's right. where the challenge comes. You right. got to dial that in to be consistent. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Now, now we have That's some. So. Yeah, we have some listeners on the line that you know uh, maybe saying to themselves in another part of the the U.S. Now I've heard of kokanee, but what is it exactly? Uh, basically, kokanee are landlocked, so they they come from the. Um, no, not the silver family. Let me get all mixed up here. Um, geez, I'm drawing a blank, Ted. That's kind of scary. <laughs> no, um, that's, that's anyway, all right. Anyway, Kogan is a landlocked salmon, and mm-hmm. uh, they cut they cut bright pink, just like an ocean salmon would. They taste just as good as an ocean salmon in a lot of different waters. They do have different – some of these fish will taste different in different waters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, It really depends on where you're fishing. Um, yeah. you know, they, they can be small. They have a tendency to be really small in a very populated lake. They'll stunt their growth. Or you can experience something like we have in Whiskey Town this year, uh, with phenomenal size kokanee up to 19 inches. Now, this is wow. not compared to other lakes out of state that will produce, uh, you know, exponential size kokanee like Flaming Gorge. Right. Not a comparison to that. Mm-hmm. But 
for for Whiskey Town to be putting out 19-inch kokanee right now is phenomenal with the disasters that that lake has had to face. Yeah, the 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 fire uh, hit that last year, didn't it? Yeah, the the only thing the fire did was take away the surrounding beauty. It oh, did okay. not take away the fishery. Oh, really? So I got on a heated debate on Facebook, and we all know you got to have a little thick skin to get on Facebook and start uh, any kind of negative conversation. Um, I put it out there that I had I had been out there several times, not marked fish, and was concerned about the fishery. And um, and I and at the bottom of that quote, I said, "Man, I hope I'm wrong." And boy, was I wrong! Thank God I was wrong, Ted, um, because they weren't there early on like they should have been. And then all of a sudden, it was like a light switch. Really, those fish were there. Um, you know, the car fire and the devastation that it created in the community up there in Reading uh, will never be erased. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it that that subject's kind of hard to talk about because there, there's just a lot. We had a lot of friends that lost their homes. Oh, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty bad. Really? Uh, that fire wasn't just a fire; it was a cremation. It pretty much just decimated things to ash to the ground with nothing standing. A lot, a lot of areas. Yeah. So, but back to the lake. On a happier note, there was a lot of sediment that flowed into that uh, lake, and there was a concern with the CDFW. But mm-hmm. as that sediment cleared, the mineral and uh, and uh, water quality in that lake improved greatly to the point where one biologist made the comment, it's the best he's ever seen really? in that lake. Really? So it's funny how fire can, be, fire can be bad and fire can be good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the case for the fishery, it was good. There are issues on the lake that we're working right. with. Um, I'm a regional program manager for NorCal Guides and Sportsmen's Association, mm-hmm. and we have a cul- we have a culvert in that Whiskey Creek that has failed and caused a major blowout, which caused Whiskey Town Lake to muddy up something that's never seen before. Oh, really? This is yeah. This is this is one of the reasons why I raised a lot of alarms. Um, so we're working on many aspects. The association has been involved in multiple conversations on getting a bridge replaced where the culvert was, improve the spawn grounds, because Whiskey Town is a natural spawning lake. Mm-hmm. has been for a decade. Um, because of the bureaucratic process and what it's going to take to put that back, uh, Shasta County was awarded over $2 million to put a bridge back in place instead of a culvert on Whiskey Town Creek. But oh, really? Lord only knows how that's going to take to get done. Right, right. So, and that's one of our main spawn runs for a natural run kokanee in Whiskey Town. So, um, what we're doing and what CDFW has graciously done is bring back the stocking program to Whiskey Town until that thing is replaced and we can restore that spawning ground. Oh, wow, really? So, yeah, so with all that drama that happened around that lake and the phenomenal fishing that is currently being uh, done right now, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to, they, they put in, I think, 50,000 fish this year to help offset any potential loss. Wow, really? Let me tell you, 50,000 fish in that body of water is a lot of fish, Ted. A lot of fish, yeah. It's, it predominantly, it's predominantly a kokanee lake, not a trout lake. Mm-hmm. And it's a quiet bath lake. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Holy uh, you got all the, 
you got all those species in there, but kokanee are the dominant. Yeah. So if in uh, number, yeah, I'm I'm just curious. Uh, in, in at whiskey down, what is the limit per fisherman that you can catch per day? In Whiskey Town, currently, it's five fish per person, uh, ten in possession. Trinity okay. Lake, which is above that, is ten fish per person, wow. twenty uh, and twenty fish in possession. So and those mm -hmm. and those fish are just been notoriously small, but that's a whole other topic up there. Right. right. <laughs> but wow. Whiskey Town, in itself, I, I'm grateful it proved me wrong, Ted. I'm glad the fish showed up. I'm glad people found success there. And yeah. uh, next year probably looks even better. So you know we'll cross our fingers. Hopefully, no more fires and yeah, and natural right. disasters. So yeah, we'll yeah, no, yeah. And then you also are one of the very few permit holders uh, that can guide on Shasta Lake itself, right? Yeah, well, I'm not the only. I'm, I'm one of the few. Yeah, but I think there's. I think we're predominantly mostly fly fishing approved guides on Shasta Lake. There's maybe a dozen or less of us uh, powerboat operators on Shasta Lake. Shasta right. Lake's a huge body of water. Um, so for having 12 guys on it, that's really not anything. Mm -hmm. um, I, do have, I do have a couple other guys that operate under my permit. Uh, we operate in that fashion as a, a team. Right. Um, and we make sure that nobody uh, gets turned away uh, to fish Shasta Lake. So mm -hmm. when they call, whether they call me or one of my other guides, they're busy. So one of us will find a spot to fish those people. So, right. But yeah. And, yeah. And what, what are you catching now in Shasta? Uh, trophy, trophy rainbows, tri trophy browns. Uh, you probably saw that post I had back, uh, I don't know, probably last month on Shasta. Had, an eight, had a over an eight pound brown uh, come to the oh, boat, which is definitely not the biggest brown in the world. But for Shasta Lake, uh, early spring, that was a good sized brown. Absolutely. It was uh, it was a beautiful beautiful fish. Uh, right now the fish are a little deeper, fishing mm -hmm. a little slower, and mm -hmm. uh, they're hitting anything uh, that's uh, basically swimming down there in the dark. So they're feeding on the shad, and if you can mimic the bait. You're going to be on the fish. Really? Wow! Wow! No kidding. Yep. And of course, uh, Shasta has smallmouth and what largemouth in it. Oh. Also? That's another diverse fishery right there, Ted. We got we got smallies, we got largemouth, we got huge numbers of spots we got catfish we got sturgeon we got rainbow trout we got um you know browns we got kings in there uh they've been planting kings the last several years which is, is uh really, really good to hear we okay. just got our very 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 first plant and reintroduction of kokanee back in shasta lake wow really so this is going to be a well-rounded fishery in the next couple of years because Kokanee were originally put in Shasta Lake back in the late 70s, 80s, and that's yeah. where they used to take a lot of the eggs to supply the rest of the lakes in the state of California. Oh, I didn't realize that. Really? Wow. So, yeah. a lot of the old timers remember, but <clears throat> so we yeah, fought along with several other organizations to allow CDFW to start replanting as a pilot program to see if these fish will take off. Mm hmm so 70,000 fish is not a lot of a lot of fish for that lake and there's a lot of predators in there and we know there's going to be a substantial loss but right if we can get them in the rivers they were planted in the McLeod arm if we can get them in the river spawning we got a chance of bringing that fishery back big time wow wow I didn't realize so, the 
Shasta was that diverse. That's amazing. Yeah, it's going to get a, hopefully going to get a whole lot more diverse by adding kokanee. And let me tell you, the bait and the uh, plankton blooms and the things that go on in that lake on the feed side of it, those kokanee have a very, very strong chance to rival Flaming Gorge, Utah in size really? and power. Yeah. Really? No kidding. Okay. And then how, how popular do you think Shasta will be after that? Oh, it'll be a, it'll be a, a, a fishing mecca. I mean, with, with everything else that you've got going there, that that's incredible, man. So the no, yeah, so you're part of the Northern California what guides and sportsmen association, is that right? Yeah, NorCal Guides and Sportsmen's Association dot org, or it's uh -huh. NCGASA dot org. Um, we are a grassroots uh, uh, community of guys um, that started this thing before I ever considered picking up a fishing pole. That's how mm -hmm. old it's been around. It's been revived by our current president, uh, James Stone, and he has done a phenomenal job, uh, along with many of our board members and regular members, of getting yep. people to the table to talk about the issues. Mm -hmm. We have several wins under our belt, um, and we have several good relationships with uh, governmental agencies. Uh, we're all about working with people. We don't run around suing people at all. That's not our right. motto. We, we want to work to find a solution. Uh, we all agreed upon that when this thing was revived, when the association mm -hmm. was revived, and uh, it's worked really well with us. So I think we have the ear and we have the respect of everyone out there. It's just that we need, like any other uh, nonprofit organization, we need more members. Right. So... Uh, fishing license in the state of California are down over 50%, and it's because people have gotten disheartened in, in the ways that the uh, our officials have managed our resources. Right. You know, so, but, you know, I, I tell people all the time, it, we need you back. We need you in the organization. We need you to go buy a fishing license. We need you to get your kids on the bank in a boat in the yep. water. Yep. That's what's exactly. important to us. Yeah, that's exactly what's important. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the association, I've, I've had some um, um, exposure to it. In fact, we had uh, James on one of our podcasts uh, a month or two ago, something like that. And, uh, you know, you guys have got an incredible team and, and you're really a poster child when it comes to reviving a, a, a you know, a fishing association out there. I mean, it is absolutely incredible what you've done in just a short period of time, and it reflects on how the fishery is coming along. So you all must be uh, very proud of yourselves for what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody involved in the organization has done a phenomenal job. When we need people to show up in force, they show up in force because they believe in us. Mm -hmm. And we want more people to believe in us. We have a North Coast uh, division. We have a Delta division. We have the... Uh, the northern division of NorCal Guides and Sportsmen's Association. We're growing. We're growing fast. We're not slowing down. We're not stopping. Right. Um, our, our resources are endangered of being taken away little by little every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if we're not there fighting for them, our kids, our future, our kids' future, they won't, they won't know what a fishing pole is. They won't know what a hunting rifle is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad when you really when you sit down and look at it. Over a 50% loss in license sales? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. That speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sad. But we <laughs> no, need people sure. to get off the 
we need uh, we need people to get off the couch, get in their you know their t- their truck, get to the tackle store, get a license, get signed up with us. Um, mm-hmm. all, everybody who does sign up with us uh, has an opportunity to become a very very active member. Um, they can volunteer their services regardless of what they are. We're going to take you up on it, mm-hmm. and we're going to use you. And make you, you when you become a member of NorCal Guys and Sportsmen Association, you are an active working member if you choose to be, not just somebody who donates money. Right, right. Yeah, there is a big difference, is there not? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, very good. Well, uh, we commend, commend you on good work, man. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned and, and, and one of the things that I've taken note about you is, is just how organized you are and, and just how passionate you are. And it shows in everything you do. But one of the, the one of the real icons in your business, Anthony, is this boat that you run. And, you know, and if and people want to go on your website and see an incredible boat, um, you know, go to uh, acguideservice.com and take a look at this green machine. I mean, it. it uh, tell us about the boat that you run. Well, I acquired it from another guide up in Oregon, uh, probably I don't know, eight years ago, maybe. Uh, maybe a little less. Um, when I got it, it was purple and black, Ted, and I just said, "Oh no, absolutely not." <laughs> that doesn't and, work. Uh, no, I was uh, sitting there with a buddy of mine, and we were having a couple of beers, thinking about how can we really stand out. And I was flipping through my phone, being a, a rookie as I was at that time with this new technology on our phones, and I mm-hmm. saw this color. I saw that neon green, and right. I said, "I go." What about this color? And we just all just died laughing because neon green was not the thing back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. So I said, I, so time went away. I, I looked at that color again and I said, you know, because I'm always writing business plans and doing whatever in my other life in the construction industry, I said, um, I need a, this needs to be my business card. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy that green paint. I'm going to buy that green paint. I bought all of it. I called oh, the manufacturer, and he was, he was so happy to get rid of all that paint, Ted. You, I made that guy's day. <laughs> and, we, and we we spray-painted that thing in my backyard in Manteca on a 105-degree day. Holy moly. Commercially sprayed it, made it green, and I said, there it is. We took it out on the water, and people were just going, what the heck is that? Oh, yeah. like a giant floating giant floating kiwi so <laughs> you know so you know it's it's it was it was hilarious so it actually really started as an accident but in all in all when i got to thinking about the business approach to it i said man this is perfect i gotta put my name on it i gotta make it bright nobody has it yeah. it says me it's all about me and i just took off with it so and you're right i'm, I'm known as the green machine now so yes yes you are you know when when you and i started talking a number of years ago and I saw that boat. I, I'm a big basketball fan. always have been. And um, <laughs> my favorite, favorite players was A.C. Green. And that's how I remember, yeah. you know, I, I, it just stuck in my head. You know, oh, my God, it's A.C. Yeah. Green, right? And uh, uh, that's how I've always remembered your, your website and contact information and that sort of thing. There so, you go. But, but anyway, I mean, the, the, but the boat. You know, it, it, it not only stands out, but I mean, you've got that thing fixed up. It's got the, it's an inboard. It, it's really a fishing machine, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, it's not it's not as fast as most guys' boat, but you know what? I I can run all the same water as mm-hmm. any other V8. It's got a sport jet in it. I'll confess right now, a lot of people uh, frown on that, but you know what? I'm good with it. It's got a true 250 powerhead sport jet in a 23-foot fish ride, fully wow. loaded with all the downriggers, uh, you know, and uh, fish finders and everything you can you be comfortable for the day on the water. I mean, uh-huh. really, the option, the option list for any boat is endless, but um, I think it's really set up good for the lakes. But, you know, I got another surprise for everybody. It's coming soon, too, because we got a we got number two boat being done right now. Oh, you do? So, really? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, no kidding. So we got another, yeah, sweet, another green machine is going to pop out of the shop. So. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Now, you mentioned uh, fish yeah. right. Do, do you have any other uh, uh, pro staff agreements and that sort of thing that you work under? No, uh, fish right doesn't exist anymore. So it's an yeah. older boat, but you know, I, some people are going to balk at what I'm about to say right now, but it's an aluminum boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't have to weld aluminum, you can fix any aluminum boat. That's true. Um, so I got an Aluma Weld. That's the boat that's coming out, and I got that fish right that everybody mm-hmm. sees and knows now. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as sponsorships, uh, we are with Shimano and uh, G Loomis, which a lot of people uh, thought I just got lucky and got that sponsorship. And uh, I was with them in 2007, Ted. Wow. And then they did away with it. Yeah. So that's how far my relationship goes back with them. And then they did away uh-huh. with the pro staff program. They right. bought G Loomis, and then. They- then they've been currently bringing people back on board. So that Brad's cut plugs, we run Brad's cut plugs, crystal basin tackle. You know, there's, there's so many guys out there that are making tackle and we, me, I'm not going to speak for other guys. I try and do my best to represent everybody who can make a good line of tackle. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a lot of them out there. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to fill. My, I'm gonna have to fill my boat, my other boat, with all my tackle just so I can go fishing. <laughs> just to get a trailer, the boat, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah. Drag it and drag it behind me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so now how far into this year will you be fishing, Anthony? You know, our kokanee season is going to run all the way into October. Okay. Uh, the fish are starting to kite kite right now, mm-hmm. um, which you know, if we get one rainfall, those fish will be gone. They'll be up whatever creek they can or uh, whatever they can do, the best they can do in Whiskey Town. Right. And then um, Shasta Lake is pretty much a year-round fishery. So people really have the opportunity to get out on the lake year-round. Um, of course, some months are better than others. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's phenomenal every single month. It's a year-round fishery, though. Uh, the Sacramento River, if it's not kings, it'll be stripers. If it's not stripers, it's going to be trophy rainbows. Um, we do have closures in downtown Reading that uh, we deal with every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently just opened back up August 1st, so you want to catch some of the biggest and and most awesome rainbow trout in your life, you're going to want to fish right there in downtown Reading. And, yeah. um, there's, and, and, there's that, a host. and that's no joke, man. I, I've fished in Nushagak and a number of other uh, uh, fisheries up north, and the fish yeah. that, that are in the Sacramento are every bit as feisty as is you know what you would find you know a few thousand miles uh offshore i mean it's incredible yeah well you know the sacramento river has always been known to have the biggest run of salmon and not just numbers but the the size the weight of some of these fish it's Mm -hmm. been always known for that it has taken its hits and we've had some 
turbulent times, but you know what? I, I look at it this way as a guide. You're not going to, if you're going to sit on a couch and bitch about everything that's going on, about what our, our agencies are doing and managing our resources, of course, you're never going to get off the couch and go catch a fish. All you're going to do is bitch about it. Yep. So you need to get off the couch. You need to go fishing. Quit worrying about the numbers mm-hmm. and just just get out and go do it. That's right. what I do. Right. Uh, you know, there's no guarantees uh, that we're going to be able to fill the boat full of fish, but you're not going to film. You're not going to put one in your boat if you're sitting at home. That's so, exactly. That is, that is exactly right. So you, uh, yep. you you're fishing year round. Then, if somebody wants to, uh, uh, they have the the bug to go out and do something that uh, you're available. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If not myself, uh, a couple other guides. Uh, we have a rare thing that goes on in this business up here in Northern California is that we have a handful of guys, guides, that work exclusively together, and we will make sure somebody is on a boat. If it's not my boat, it's the next five guys that we have lined up. Mm-hmm. We work as a team in that regard. We don't turn anybody away if we don't have to, and uh, it works really well for us. We don't take money from one another. We don't take anything off the top. Um, we just make sure people are satisfied period. That's our goal. You come fishing with me, you come fish with any of these other guides, our goal is to make sure you're satisfied. We supply all the tackle, we bring the cold drinks, you bring your lunch, your fishing license, and the appropriate clothes to wear for the season. Mm -hmm. We're going to clean your fish and uh, put them in bags and send you home with however you want it processed. So Mm -hmm. that's our gig. So we're very proud of it and we're going to continue with it. Um, it has seen some resistance. Other guides don't like it, but we don't really right. care what they think. Right. We, I, I, run, I run my businesses to make money, bottom mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. That's what I've expressed to the other guys as well. We're in business to make money. Right. We can't make any money if the customers are not happy. Right? That's so true. That is so, so true. The customers and our repeat business is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to so, mention is that you know that you, you just don't see this in the industry as much as, as you should, where you have a group of independent business owners really you know teaming together and helping everybody out. Yeah. But in the long run, it does help everyone, and because you know if if somebody has a good experience coming you know to your part of the world in fishing, how many people are they going to yeah. tell? A hundred, two hundred, and now yeah. you know that disseminates down to everybody that's in that community. So it's not only you guys, but it's the campgrounds, it's the stores, it's, you know, it, it's everything about Northern California, and you, and you really become part of that economy yeah. by doing that. Absolutely. I mean, our guides and myself, we pick people up on the houseboats on Shasta. We pick them up at their hotel rooms if it's more convenient for them. Uh, we try to provide a, you know, a first-class service for these folks. We do really everything we possibly can for them. Uh, we have people that fly their own planes in the Reading Airport and go fishing with us for multiple days. Um, it's it's pretty phenomenal that the people and the diversity of people that come to to the North State to experience what we have to offer them. So it's uh, it's it's truly a blessing to be a part of all that. And uh, you know our guys are professional, top notch guys. Period. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Well, Anthony, yep. I, you know, I really appreciate the chance to, to chat with you today. If people want to get a hold of you and book a trip, how do they do that? Uh, really simple, acguideservice.com, or mm-hmm. you can 
download our mobile app. You can go to the Google Play or the Apple Store, look mm -hmm. up AC Guide Service, and download that. Got some pretty cool functions in there. Um, one of one of the functions I really like to tell people is got a meet me function on there. So don't worry about getting lost to the ramp. We got a function on there that you can just hit a pin. If that's a ramp we tell you to go to, it gives you GPS directions on your phone. You're there. No need to worry about turning turn left at the fire hydrant and <laughs> ride on the big oak tree. Right? Which you, exactly. you, exactly. you, you, my friend, helped build that app for me, and we're very grateful for it. And so is the uh, NorCal Guides and Sportsmen's Association. Awesome tool. And well, uh, we want to say thank you. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure working with you. Well, Anthony, again, yeah. I just appreciate the chance to uh, chat with you and, and you sharing all of your information and experiences with this audience. Um, I cannot um, express, you know, my, you know, uh, uh, my uh, admiration for what you guys have done in your community down there. If you are a fisherman and looking for a destination uh, to go and fish, Northern California needs to be on your list because you will not be disappointed. There is so much going on and, and uh, connecting with uh, Anthony would be, you know, um, a really good thing to do and, and a great way to spend the week. And so uh, we just wish you the best and, and, uh, and for this year and the upcoming seasons. And it's really good to see that uh, things are going so, so well for you, Anthony. Great. Thank you, Ted, for the time and opportunity for this uh, podcast. I appreciate it very much. My pleasure.